Well, it is Super Bowl Sunday. This is a super day to be at church. And we're going to do a few different things today, at least from my part in this. I'm going to look back just a little bit and show you where God has brought us over 2021, what he's doing here right now, and then where I believe we're going in 2022, at least uh, to the best of my ability. One of the things that I ask my staff every single Tuesday morning when we come in for staff meeting, first thing I lead with is, somebody tell me something good. I need to hear some good news. I think if there's good news, we ought to be talking about it, right? Come on, if there's good news, we ought to be talking about it. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you some good news. Anybody, could anybody use any good news? We're gonna hear some good news today. In 2021, and, and I, I do this every year, I ask the Lord, Lord, give me a word, something that will help direct my thoughts, my, my focus, uh, that will challenge me in a specific area so that I kind of have something to be able to measure uh, how my year goes. And so for many years, I've just, I ask God, give me a word. And it's not like I have this audible voice that speaks to me and gives me this, you know, clarification. Uh, I just... I, it's, I, I don't know, maybe it's some of it's me, maybe it's God, but it, it gives me focus. Uh, last year, the word was deeper. I really wanted to focus on going deeper. In Gen, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew 22, 37 through 39, it says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, we wanted to go deeper loving God and loving others. We wanted to be able to just focus on taking our relationship with God deeper and taking our relationship with others deeper. So how do we do that? I challenged the church, I challenged you uh, to let's go deeper in the word and let's go deeper in worship. Let's go deeper in connections. Let's go deeper in, con in, in compassion. And so what did that look like? Well, we went deeper in the word by we started seven new small groups, 16 new small group leaders, a new membership class format, Sunday discipleship classes, Celebrate Recovery Ministry kicked off with Pastor Kelly and uh, Sabrina. We started a district school of ministry where we train ministers right here on the campus. And then for the last two years, at the beginning of the year, the first week of the year, you have taken one hour slots and we've read through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation for that entire week, completely through from beginning to end. You've done that two years in a row. We're just going deeper in the word. But we also want to go deeper in worship. What does that look like? Well, last year we had a great foundation that uh, Jacob Nelson built for us here in this worship team. But then when he stepped out, God brought L.A. Strother in. L.A. and Destiny have come in, and we have even gone deeper in our worship. Team development, new original songs, fam nights, next generation of worship leaders being raised up. God has allowed our worship to even go deeper. But then we wanted to go deeper in connections. And I thought this was real interesting. We had over 1,600 first-time guests in one of our events, services, uh, over the last year. So I'm interested to know, how many of you are here today and you are new within the last 12 months? Let me see your hand. Look around. Look around at all those hands. You know what that means? The me that means the people that used to sit in your seats are watching online. Hello, come back home. The fact is, we've seen deeper connections in so many different areas from decision to follow Christ, baptism, baby dedication, new members. God has been blessing this church with deeper connections, but then also deeper compassion. 
our community outreach. We had several different things that were uh, specific this year. Of course, with our additional Easter services, our 4th of July picnic was your outreach to our community, our first responders luncheon for our policemen and firemen and first responders, uh, our block party, Carrollton Young Life Banquet. We had teams that went from our church down to Dallas Metro to serve down there. And then last year during our additional Christmas Eve service, we had this moment that was just a deeper compassion connection moment uh, that LA helped to introduce for us, the candlelight memory moment, where we remembered those who had passed over the last year. That was very impactful for many of our families. It gave them an opportunity to be able to process honoring, remembering, and the process of grief for those who have passed away, because this is real life. And uh, I love the fact that we here at Freedom can just be real with what we've gone through. But taking it on a more positive note here, deeper kingdom impact. Let me show you what you guys did for global, local, future generations. You gave $941,000 to kingdom builders last year. Somebody say praise the Lord. And in that, 89,000 of it was our youth that gave $89,000 to missions. Come on. And our kids gave $12,000 through BGMC. You guys are amazing. You're crazy. You're just, you're crazy. That's what you are. $941,000 in Kingdom Builders giving is amazing. So how does that all break down? Let me just give you real quickly. Here's, you want good news? Here's good news. You guys gave $3,300,000 in tithe last year. Designated income, 1.5 million. That was for Kingdom Builders and other things that we give through the church. Total church income, 4.8 million. That's almost $5 million. Somebody say praise the Lord. Broken down administration, 1.4 million. Our facilities, 1.8 million. Kingdom Builders, 941,000. Our ministries, budgeted for ministries and MDO, Mother's Day Out, 861,000. Total church expenses, 4,927,000. Those of you that are paying attention, then you notice that's $81,000 in the red. Now, it's not because we spent more than came in last year, but we took reserves that we had, and I'll show you our reserves from 2020 and brought it in and did some expansion. We expanded our new parking lot over here to make room for more people, which is making our parking a whole lot easier, right? Yeah, so thank you for the parking lot. We built, uh, we bought the people mover, uh, the Mercedes people mover for our seniors uh, right at the end of the year. And then we started some renovations and things. So we, we invested that money in missionaries and impact. So yeah, it was a little, uh, it, it wasn't in black, but it's not really in the red, if you know what I mean, because we use reserves. So what kind of reserves am I talking about? Here's what you guys did and what you guys have. Our total funds, $755,000 in the bank, 125 is designated to different ministries and uh, projects, but year in total cash on hand, $630,000. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Well, that's why we were able to use some funds to be able to get some projects done uh, that left us with that 81,000. In 2021, year in loan balance, our loan balance on all our facilities, 4.2 million, that's down from almost 4.5, which is good, not as good as I'd like it to be, but it's not what it used to be uh, because when I was, became pastor, it was $7 million. So we've got it down to uh, almost $4 million, which will be uh, under the $4 million mark by the end of next year, I believe, for the first time in a long, long time. But you'll be glad to know that we have also refinanced this last year. So we have a locked-in interest rate for the next 10 years. Uh, I'm believing we'll have all that paid off way before then. But 
regardless of what interest rates does, we're locked in for the next 10 years. So here's what that means for going forward. And I'm almost done with this. For those of you who hang on, I didn't come here for a business meeting. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Here's our, our budget for 2022. And, and we are budgeting conservatively. We know God's gonna do above and beyond anything we ask or have imagined or thought, but 3.1 million, uh, 3.16 million in tithe designated income, 1.3 for a total church income of 4.9. And if you break it down like this, kind of using the same percentages that we, uh, last year, it'd be 1.7 administration facilities, 1.3 kingdom builders. And let me explain this. Kingdom builders, 530,000. Let me explain the difference between that and the 941. Uh, we budget the cash giving. We'll budget for cash giving. So remember last year on Kingdom Builders, our goal was $500,000 in cash giving. We surpassed that, but we also have other things that count towards our missions giving. Like when you, a team of people goes on a missions trip, then all of your airfare and all of the expenses and anything we do for outreach and for evangelism, all that counts towards our kingdom builders, evangelism, missions, expenses. So that's why there's a big difference between $530,000 and 941, because there's a whole lot more that goes into our total missions giving. Uh, so, but, so we budget for cash giving. So we budgeted 500,000, we pledged, we believed for 500,000. We're believing for 530,000 this year, which means that if we believed for 500,000 last year and we had 941 come in, we believe for 530 this year, we'll be over a million at the end of the year, right? Yeah, that's where we're gonna be. So uh, this, is, this will be our budget. How many believe we can do it? Yeah, I take that as a vote for yes. Uh, so where are we going this year? Where are we going in 2022? What is our focus? The word that I shared at the beginning of the year was to get ready. Get ready. What are we getting ready for? Get ready because I believe the best is yet to come. Now, does that mean everything's going to be easy and everything's going to be uh, 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 smooth sailing? No, I believe we're going to have some rocky roads ahead, but the best is yet to come. And that's what I'm getting ready for. I'm getting ready because I know that God wants us as a church to be ready for the harvest. He he wants us as a people to be ready to be able to share the, the message, to be able to share our story like Brandon Marshall did. I believe that we need to get ready for the, the spiritual warfare that's coming because any church that takes a stand, there will be a spiritual attack. So we just need to be ready. Remember at the end of the day, we win. So there may be a little battle that we got to go through. We may have to get in and mix it up with the devil. That's okay. At the end of the, at the, end of the battle, we win. Somebody say amen. Amen. So here's the word I want to share with you. In John chapter two, verse number one, it says, the next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him they have no more wine. And this is a really interesting back and forth between Jesus and his mother. Probably one of the most interesting conversations in the Bible. Jesus' mother comes to him and says, they have no more wine. And it's not just a statement of facts. It's a insinuation to do something about it, right? Everybody knows. It's the way women communicate. <clears throat> they say something, we know what they mean without them actually saying it. Well, here's Mary saying they have no more wine. So Jesus responds 
Dear woman, that's not our problem. This is the New Living Translation. I loved it, so I used this version. Uh, Dear woman, that's not our problem. He replied, my time has not yet come. Now, what he was saying was, uh, it's not time yet for me to reveal my divinity because if I let them know who I am, then I'll be killed too early and I haven't haven't had time to disciple uh, the ones who are gonna lead this thing after I allow myself to be taken to the cross. So he's saying, it's not my time yet for everybody to know who I am. But that didn't phase Mary. It didn't phase her at all. She didn't even acknowledge it. She knew exactly what he was saying and what he meant by it. But she didn't even acknowledge it. I just, I love this. My time has not yet come. But his mother told his servants, do whatever he tells you. Just. And again, she didn't argue with him. She didn't debate it. She didn't spend any more time on it. She just said, do whatever he tells you. Now, I thought that was great. I talked with Pastor Tom afterwards, and he said he's done a lot of study on this passage and said that this family here, which I didn't know, was Mary's family. And Mary, having gone through the shame of being an unwed pregnant teenager and that shame that uh, had carried with her for the entire life of Christ, Uh, that she did not want her family to go through more shame because this wasn't gonna be an embarrassment upon this family to not be able to provide for the guest. There would have been a stigma upon this family. She didn't want that for her family anymore. She didn't want them to experience what she had experienced. So she comes to Jesus and she says, there's no more wine, but do whatever he tells you. Well, standing by verse number six, There were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. And when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out, take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instruction. And when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone else has had a lot to drink, he brings out a less expensive wine, but you've kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. I'll come back to that story in just a minute. It was Easter Sunday morning at a little East Texas church, a little small wood frame church with a wooden floor. The choir began with the great hymn, Up From the Grave He Arose. And in this particular church's tradition, with a center aisle, the choir came marching down, a small little choir, but they came marching down the center aisle singing, Up From the Grave He Arose. The last woman in the procession got to the front and didn't notice, but stepped on what was a hot air register grate in the floor for the hot air to return and stepped into it with, <coughs> with her little high heel, slender heel, and the heel went right down into the grate and got stuck. But she didn't want to mess up the whole procession, the whole service, so she just slipped her foot out of that heel and just kept right on going, never missed a beat. That's what women do, right? Just kept on moving. Well, the next person in line in the choir was a man. There's only a couple of men in this choir, and he sees what had happened. So he reaches down, because men like to fix things. I'll fix this. I'll grab the woman's heel and her shoe and I'll take it 
and give it back to her when we get up to the choir loft. And so he reaches down and he grabs the shoe and keeps on marching. The only problem is the whole grate comes out of the floor. No problem to him. He just keeps on going. Great. High heels stuck in the grade, just keeps on going, marches up to the platform. Only problem is the next guy in line didn't see what had happened. And he steps in the hole and disappears. <clears throat> well, the choir finishes with the final phrase and hallelujah, Christ arose. And they all are shouting and celebrating. And once the applause dies down, there's a voice that comes from underneath the church. Y'all get out of the way. I'm coming out now. Scares half the people. Others know what's going on. But then this little girl sitting on the front row says, we're out of the way, Jesus. Come on out. Now, listen, the, the lesson in the story is not what kind of shoes should you wear on Easter Sunday morning. The lesson is the faith of this little girl. When she heard that voice, she thought it was Jesus. Well, her faith said, we're going to get out of the way. Jesus, you can come on out. My question to you, Freedom Church, is do you have the faith to believe that the best is yet to come? Are you willing to get out of the way so that God can bring the best into your life? I believe the best is yet to come. <clears throat> there was a, a lady that was diagnosed with a terminal illness, and she was only given three months to live, so she went and met with her pastor and planned her entire funeral service out and told the pastor what song she wanted sung, what scripture she wanted read, everything she wanted said, even told him the dress she wanted to be buried in and said, I want my Bible laying right next to me. She was a great soul winner and she wanted a Bible right next to her. I wanted everybody that walked by her casket to see the Bible. And she said, and also I want a fork in my hand. He said, I understand everything that you've said except the fork. What is the fork for? She said, well, she said, at every little dinner party I've ever been to, whenever they clear the table, they always say, keep your fork. What that means is the best is yet to come. That means that dessert is about to be served. So I want you, pastor, whenever they come by and they say, what's up with the fork? I want you to tell them, my life does not end right here, that the best is yet to come. And I'm here to tell you, Freedom Church, hang on to your forks because the best is yet to come. Maybe you've had a great year that we just heard about in 2021, but I'm telling you, hang on to your fork because the best is yet to come. Now, the scripture that we just read about, this scripture tells us about the first recorded miracle in the life of Jesus Christ. Now, most of Jesus' miracles had to deal, deal with the poor or the sick or the suffering. This doesn't have to deal with any of those. In fact, this is completely different from all the other miracles that Jesus performed. This seems to be a well-off family, a, a, a family of means. No poor, no sick, no suffering. But it's intended to deliver a very specific message to us. And that message is that the best is yet to come. Now, obviously, having a relationship with Jesus Christ, knowing that he's your savior, knowing that if you die, you're going to heaven, knowing that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, all of that is necessary in order for you to know that the best is yet to come. But we still have a life to live right here on this earth. Until that day, we still have to live out our lives here. Now, in the Bible, it's very clear when you study the word wine, wine is a symbol of joy, not in a drunken sense, but in the purest of sense. Wine is a symbol of joy. So when the wine ran out at this wedding, the joy was gone. Now, I know we could, we could take that a lot of different ways, just in the purest of sense, the joy was gone. 
I believe that over the last few years, we've experienced things like we've never thought we would experience. We've seen things we thought we would never see. And for a lot of people, their joy has completely gone. It, it, is, it is gone. A lot of people can't find joy. That's why there's a lot of mental health. And thank the Lord that there's awareness for mental health, like Brandon Marshall uh, just promoted with his foundation. There's uh, we, we've had more suicide and more suicide attempts and more depression and more drug dependency, more things going on that has just robbed people of their joy. I used to tell my kids every single morning before they would go to school, I said, be good, be kind, be careful, study hard, be a man of God or be a woman of God, and don't let anybody steal your joy. Because circumstances can steal your joy if you allow it. But joy is not something that should be based upon circumstances. Joy is based upon a lasting relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you know that that's where your joy comes from, then nothing else matters. It doesn't matter what happens in this world. So here is this first century Jewish wedding. It's lasting about a week. They've run out of joy. They've run out of wine. And so Mary comes to Jesus and says, they have no more wine. What do you want me to do about it, woman? This is not my problem. But he does something anyway. Now, I think this is interesting because Mary shows us what prayer should really look like. And I want you to think about this just for a moment because a lot of times the mistake that we make when we come to God in prayer is we come to God with a predetermined course of action that we want him to bless and activate on our behalf. And we've already, we've got it all worked out that God, if you'll just do this, then that'll start the domino effect that will get me to here. And then when he doesn't knock that first domino over, you think that he is not listening to you, that he has failed you, that he has forgotten you, that he doesn't care about you, that you don't have enough faith, that you don't, your prayer life is not working. No, that's not necessary for you to go through all that. What Mary teaches us is that she presented the problem to Jesus And even though Jesus had a plan, Jesus had an agenda and his agenda didn't, I mean, her request for a miracle didn't fit into his agenda. But since Jesus made the agenda, he can change the agenda. Yes, God may have a plan and he may have an order, but your prayer can change that plan. Your prayer can change the mind of God. Can I really change the mind of God? Yes. Remember in the book of Exodus, whenever uh, Moses was up on the mountain, was talking to God, and he comes down and he sees the Israelites acting a fool. I mean, they've gone crazy. They've built a, a bronze cow, and they're all worshiping and partying, and they've just completely turned their backs on God. And God says, I'm going to wipe them out and wipe them off the face of the earth. Moses says, God, please don't do that. Please don't do that. In fact, he says, kind of in this, he says, you'll be a laughing stock. I mean, just think about it like this, God. You just delivered these people out of Egypt. Now you're gonna bring them out here and you're gonna destroy them all? How's that gonna make you look? And God said, okay, Moses. Can you imagine that conversation? Okay, Moses, I won't wipe them out. But I'm really ticked off. (laughs) God has a personality. I think we make him mad sometimes. I think sometimes he would just... Just as soon wipe us off the face of the earth. But you know what? Somebody prayed. Somebody interceded. Somebody stood up on our behalf 
And because of that, you and I are still here. There was a mama who prayed. There was a daddy who prayed. There was a grandma that prayed. There was a preacher that prayed. There was a friend that prayed. There was somebody that stood in the gap and said, don't kill him, Jesus. Give him another chance. And he gave us all another chance. Aren't we thankful for that? Yeah, your sincere prayer can change God's mind. So I know the miracle maybe didn't fit in Jesus' schedule, but when Mary just had the faith, didn't argue with God, didn't come back and alter her plans, she just said, they have no more wine, not my time, do whatever he tells you to do. And she went on back to the celebration. And that's when Jesus had to figure it out. I believe that sometimes we just need to come to God. We don't need to tell him how to do it. Just tell him what needs to be done. Let him figure it out. He'll figure out a whole lot better. He'll do it better than you can imagine. Quit limiting God by giving him a plan. Release God by just giving him the problem. Come on, that was worth a better amen than that. But listen, it's not, it doesn't just stop there. It's not just that the best is yet to come. It's not that he just wants to restore your joy. Because here's what this story tells us. When the disciples turned around and they took those six jars used for ceremonial washing, each holding 20 to 30 gallons each, they had over 180 gallons worth of wine. I know some of you are going crazy right now. Just reel it in. 180 gallons of wine. What that says to me is not just that the best is yet to come. It says to me that the best is yet to come and it's coming abundantly. It's coming abundantly. God's not going to do it in just uh, small portions. He's going to bless you abundantly. In fact, Jesus told us the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I've come that you can have life and have it more abundantly. God wants us to experience the abundant life that he has for us. So I'm here to tell you, and worship team, if you guys would come on back up here, I'm here to tell you that I believe that 2022 is going to be a year of abundant joy. I don't care what happens in our life, what happens in our world. I don't care. I mean, I do care. I care. It doesn't matter. Let me say it that way. It doesn't matter what happens in politics. It doesn't matter what happens in the economy. It doesn't matter what happens in the civil level or the government or federal level. I'm telling you, my joy is going to be abundant. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus and I'm going to be so happy that God's given me another day here on this earth. His mercies are new every morning and I'm going to live in those mercies. Amen. Come on, Richard. Abundant joy is coming for you. But also, I believe this is going to be a year of abundant peace. Yes, there may be chaos in our life. There may be confusion everywhere, but you can have peace in the midst of the storm. I'm calling for abundant peace in your life. Some of your homes have been in so much turmoil and so much chaos and so much confusion, but I'm speaking peace. And I'm telling, I don't know how it's gonna happen. I'm not telling Jesus how to do it, but I'm just telling you right now, there is gonna be abundant peace and it's available for you, but also abundant harvest. Abundant harvest, some of you have been sowing seeds, you've been sacrificing, you've been laying it down, you've been giving, giving of your time, giving of your, your treasure, you've been giving of your talents, and I'm telling you, God has seen every seed that's been sown, he's seen every prayer that's been prayed, he's seen every tear that you have cried, and he's getting ready to bring you into an abundant harvest. I believe we're gonna see a harvest of souls here at Freedom Church like we have never seen before, but also, this is gonna be a year of abundant opportunities. I believe God's 
God's gonna open up the door for supernatural opportunities for you, supernatural opportunities in your business, supernatural opportunities in your own personal life. I believe he's gonna give us supernatural opportunities. We're gonna have opportunities to be able to spread the gospel across this globe like we've never had before. Right here in this own church, right here in this sanctuary, God gave a man by the name of George Flattery the idea for an internet church that is now the ministry called Network 211, where millions of people have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and millions have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because of an opportunity, because of a dream that God dropped in somebody's heart right here in this building about, uh, about 20 years ago. God's gonna start giving more opportunities, more dreams into people's lives for those that are open and ready. I believe there will be abundant provision, abundant provision for every single thing that you need. You're not going to be in lack. You're not going to wonder where the next meal's coming from. You're not going to wonder how you're going to pay your rent next month. There will be provision for everything that you need. I'm saying that this year is going to be abundant in relationships. Where you have been at lack, where you have felt alone, where you felt like there was nobody there, God is going to give you abundant relationships, but also abundant revelation. Brandon told us in his testimony that he prayed for clarity and God finally began to answer and give him clarity. Some of you have been asking for a word from God. You've been asking for God to speak into your heart and show you things in the scripture that you haven't seen before. I'm telling you that abundant revelation is coming into your life. You're gonna see things in the scripture and say, wow, I never have seen that before. I never knew that before. Now I understand why. Now I know my purpose. Now I know my calling. Now I know what I'm here on this earth for. You're going to have more revelation for what God has called you to do in 2022. But then last, abundant breakthrough, abundant breakthrough. Listen, I know we're going to have opposition. I feel this one so strongly. I know there will be opposition. There'll be opposition against this church. There will be opposition against you individually. Yes, there will be hurdles. There will be roadblocks. There will be all kinds of doors that will slam in your face, but God is going to give breakthrough. God's going to allow us. Don't get discouraged at the door that slams in your face. Know that breakthrough is coming. I believe abundant breakthrough. Where there's been addictions that haven't been broken, where there have been ideas and strongholds that haven't been broken, breakthrough is coming for those that will receive it. I'm not telling God how to do it. I'm just saying, God, do it. It's yours. Those that are ready to receive it, it's yours. It's yours. 2022 is going to be a year of abundance.